0: This is Jeremy Boyer, the organist for the 2019 Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues. You're listening to Optional Skate Blues with Eric and Mike. Let's go Blues. to another episode of Optional Skate Blues, our podcast where we talk hockey and focus on the St. Louis Blues. I'm Mike, here with Eric. Hey, how's it going? And it's Monday, February 8th, and we're going to try to figure out what to do when some six feet tall experimental hockey sticks are <laughs> delivered to your house. Uh, unravel the ever-changing blues schedule. And we'll discuss how COVID continues to pester the NHL on a Claude Lemieux level.
1: I have a real quick thing about the, uh, the ever-changing blues schedule. It's that yeah. it doesn't change. <laughs> And, and we've just reached this groundhog level of, uh, of hockey. It's not like 2020 and 2021, like this whole COVID thing has already been a very Groundhog Day type vibe. So now every time I turn on the damn television, I'm like, oh, who are we playing this week? Oh, yeah, that's right. The Coyotes again.
0: It's the Coyotes. Yeah. <laughs> it's the
1: Coyotes. Hey, a team that we just cannot apparently figure out anything about, but we'll get into that later. But yeah, ever-changing blue schedule doesn't change. <laughs> just the Coyotes. Yep. So, uh, how was your week? Uh, big Super Bowl party. Uh, no Super Bowl party, and to be honest with you, man, I've watched probably eight minutes of total football since the the NFL stole the St. Louis Rams out from under us, yep. so I... Um, uh, early this morning, whenever my uh, my youngest got up uh, about five a.m., she and I sat down and we watched all the Super Bowl commercials, and <laughs> it was it was pretty good. She enjoyed them. I laughed a
0: lot. We had a good uh,
1: a good five a.m. Super Bowl uh, commercial watching festival. What about you, buddy?
0: Big big oat milk fans now.
1: But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh we're gonna uh, Bridget keeps talking about getting an Alexa. Like she's gotta get one and she's hoping that uh <laughs> that somebody named Michael B. Jordan shows up. I don't I don't know. It's the husbands <laughs> Yeah. The husband <laughs> in that Michael B. Jordan commercial had me rolling. Because he was genuinely like initially he was just like, Man, this is weird. But as it <laughs> as it continued, he was really, really concerned. He's like, You don't need to do that.
0: Don't do that. <laughs> Put your shirt
1: <laughs> back on. He doesn't need to help you with this. Get out of here, Michael B. Jordan. It was uh <laughs> it was rock solid for sure. But yeah, yeah you watched well, with a family,
0: right? I did, yeah. And we uh we we like to gamble in the the family, so we uh had some Squares numbers and we hit in the first quarter, so we had uh, had an overall good experience for the the Super Bowl. But uh, I also got worked on my taxes this week a little. Yeah. And uh, every time I do my taxes, I always think of the Chappelle Show episode where they have the <laughs> making the band skit. Not not only famous for the top five rappers of all time, <laughs> Dylan. Dylan. Dylan, Dylan, and Dylan. Because I spit hot fire. <laughs> he, he spits hot fire, but but yeah, when they're you no, know, he's closing down the studio again. Yeah, and then uh, he's upset that they're not paying attention. You're just yeah. oh, you're just gonna just gonna <laughs> play
1: Can with you, your hair, are you? You're gonna no, use your anytime minutes. Is use your anytime any time
0: minutes. Oh, you're, you're gonna do your taxes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it always makes me chuckle, despite yeah. the. The labor of doing your taxes. so
1: Right. Yeah. I've been putting it off and, uh, and I've got a big chore in front of me this year because, um, the, the whole closing the, uh, the small business on the side, I've got a, I've got a lot of extra steps that I got to take that I <laughs> have literally no idea how to take right now. <laughs> so, um, I, uh, I'll figure that out and I'm sure it'll go really, really well and I won't be audited. So, <laughs>
0: So I saw we, the commercials. You can just have the lady in the desk
1: pull up to your house. And... I, I always pay for the audit protection. Whenever I... <laughs> it could just be somebody walking up and being like, holy hell man, like <laughs> you should not have... <laughs> I can't help but think of the movie Stranger Than Fiction. Um, underrated movie, right? Actually my favorite movie. Um, but no. Whenever uh, Will Ferrell's friend in the movie says, I, I caught this guy trying to <laughs> write off his jet ski as a is a Work vehicle, <laughs> um, man. I gotta. Re- I. I'm, we just finished watching that the the uh, shootout loss to the Coyotes, man. And just on my mind right now, I gotta say it, and I gotta be done with it. I think it is such bullshit. <laughs> the. The fact that, that an embellishment call gets called, and I text you about it in my frustration, but the embellishment call gets called, and then the actual penalty gets called. I think that's the most ridiculous and stupid possible thing that has just kind of always happened in hockey that people accept. But if the embellishment is called, then, then you just—that guy goes to the box. If you want to get this diving stuff to not make it like soccer out of the game— then that guy goes to the box, and then the Blues are on a five-on-three. They pull the goalie, five-on-four, um, and then we win that game in regulation. Instead of all of this bullshit, I just I hate it. I think it's ridiculous, and I'm 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 a little heated about it. But I'm gonna let it go.
0: Somebody else is spitting some hot fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: it was. I I just I don't understand it. How can it be both of those things? It's either the penalty or it's embellishment. It can't be both. I've always hated that kind of just just grandfathered in nonsense. All right, I'm going to stop now because otherwise I'm going to spend the next 40 minutes talking about that.
0: Well, I guess the thought is, you know, you can get slashed, but maybe you weren't murdered by the stick so you don't have to make the, the face or the, the, the embellishment. But it it certainly seemed like it wasn't severe enough to... To make it even up. So
1: yeah. Anyway. Uh yeah, man, that was uh so that was about what's going on in my in my day to day. I will give a shout out to another favorite Super Bowl commercial that I cannot stop laughing at, and uh it was Fiverr throwing some shade at a certain former administration with uh with their four seasons landscaping ad. (laughs) I, I thought like that's 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 good that's some some next level trolling um and i enjoyed that thoroughly
0: very good now did uh did you get any uh deliveries addressed to the washington <laughs> capitol
1: sent to your house i wouldn't i did not and if i did i gotta tell you i might have actually recanted my business closing if i would have gotten a bag of Zdeno Chara (laughs) sticks that the guy, by his own description, who got them, he said, I just got this box of, like, 30-foot-long sticks. (laughs) (laughs) Insane. He's
0: he's already, yeah, a giant person, so he has the longest hockey stick in the league. But, well, it looked like uh, True, the manufacturer of the hockey sticks, sent some experimental sticks out to uh, Zdeno Chara, and they... Ended up at the wrong address, and the guy put it out on social media, and they were kind of questioning whether they were ever going to get him back, and he was like, uh, I'm pretty sure they know who I am, and I posted it all over social media, so <laughs> yeah. I, I think you're probably getting the sticks back, so... Yeah. Uh-
1: I liked his analogy. He said it would be like me posting a picture of me <laughs> robbing a bank like it's like I seemed legit. He seemed like he was having some fun with it and and what the hell is he going to is he supposed to do with it at that point?
0: only some of the people from that administration believe that too, so.
1: Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey. Another jab. <laughs> Pow! Right in the kisser. <laughs> Pow. Pow! Right in the kisser. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, that was like that would be legit, pretty neat though. Um, and I I did read uh, that they were trying to figure out what they were going to do for this guy for doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope it's something cool. I hope that uh, the Capitals do something. You know. Um, getting a team signed jersey sent uh sent his way that's gonna cost him basically nothing like postage um and just to get the team to be able to do something like that that'd be something cool they'd have a lifelong fan and the in the story ends well so here's hoping yeah
0: get it probably the guy doesn't get fired because he gets some uh i would never heard of the true unveiling of the hockey sticks otherwise so maybe you get some extra pub out of it
1: yeah yeah for sure i've yeah i noticed a uh, influx of uh, of those types of sticks, probably about a year and a half ago, that I had never seen mm-hmm. before. And um, and I will say that yeah, I uh, started to get more and more of them. Uh, they don't use enough colors in their sticks to make some hockey stick furniture pop. So I was always <laughs> well, kind of bummed out. I noticed
0: <laughs> the ones that they had sent were all all like stealthy black colors. Yeah, so.
1: except for at the very base, they have like a they have like a little bit of a color to them. So it it, it would always bum me out whenever I got those. Uh, not saying they're not good quality hockey sticks. It was just the graphics would sell the, the hockey stick furniture. So anyway,
0: all about your aesthetics.
1: It is man found objects and aesthetics.
0: Now team Canada, uh, announced that, uh, Doug Armstrong is going to be the GM of the Canadian Olympic team for the Olympics coming up uh, next year in February. Any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think that he's, he's done this before he's put together winning teams. Um, in the past, and I think that that's going to be really, really cool. He's going to have a massive talent pool of just young thoroughbreds to to put out there and uh, and put the puck in the net. He's got to try and find some people that will actually play defense and backcheck, and that is where I think it's going to be difficult um, because the best players are not all going to make the team. I think that Armstrong is going to have a chance to to take the best players at their positions, too. You know, he's going to have to get people on the team that are going to be excellent penalty killers. Uh, He's going to have to get people who are going to be great at shootouts. You know, that's basically why Oshie made the Olympics in Sochi um, and then immediately became world-renowned. So I was wondering, out of that, you look at the Blues lineup and and their higher-skill guys who were on the team that are from Canada – You've got, like, Schwartz, Shen, O'Reilly, Perron, Pareko, Bennington, and I'm going to put Scandella in there um, just for the Pareko-Scandella connection that, it, that would maybe kind of mirror um, the uh, Petrangelo and Bomeister connection. But do you think that any of those Blues get on Team Canada?
0: I think that... Uh there certainly are going to be some blues on there. I, I saw a couple of the uh, preliminary lineups that some of the sports writers put out, and they they did have Bennington on there. Um, quite a few had Pareco and uh, O'Reilly. Yeah. But uh, I, I feel like I'm missing somebody else on there also. But they had uh, so no, they had some blues on there and. Uh, but I think that, you know, guys like Schwartz and Shen would struggle to make Team Canada's B lineup. And I, I know you talked about needing uh, some shootout specialists. I think if you got Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon on your team, you're not worried about other yeah. guys needing to take.
1: <laughs>
0: you, can, penalty you, can consider,
1: shots. you can consider that double dipping, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, I disagree. I think that Shen has the potential to make the team. And I think that it's because of the style of play. I think it's the fact that he finishes his check checks and he could be, he could present himself as a kind of a fourth line guy on, on a team Canada. That's just going to put you through the, put you through the fourth row of, uh, of the stands And, and really make you think about it. I mean, did you see the hit? Well, I guess Clifford's the one who put that guy into the, (laughs) into the (laughs) partition, but, uh, Shen, he keeps laying it on pretty thick and nine times out of 10, whenever I think, whenever I see a guy put, put on a really, really good hit on a uh, coyotes player because that's all we play right now it's uh it seems (laughs) that it's it seems like it's shen so i wouldn't be surprised if shen made it i also wouldn't be surprised if he was left off but i agree o'reilly pareko and bennington seem like they're they are most likely guys to get on the team
0: yeah i mean they have like uh Barzal or Tavares and Hall are their yeah. fourth line wingers. I don't know that that's a lot of space for Shen to get on there, but Yeah. Uh he's he's certainly had a great season so far and you know they've they've seemed like that they uh you know can take the hot hand every once in a while as well. So he he may have that chance going for him, but but I'm I'm not thinking so.
1: Yep. We'll see.
0: Um now kind of also around the league this week we had uh kudobin was scratched on the stars due to disciplinary reasons. uh they had the backup jake ottinger play and ben bishop was still injured so they were kind of dipping down pretty low into their roster did did you hear anything about that
1: yeah i i looked at it and whenever i was reading about it the main thing that i came away from it with was uh was montgomery said their their coach he said there are very few expectations on this team basically like there are very few non-negotiables on this team and Mm -hmm. he said if you violate it there's going to be you know we're we're gonna we're gonna handle it is is really how he put Mm it so whatever it was he uh uh hugh dobin uh violated one of those non-negotiables and and he was in the press box
0: yeah the that's uh it seemed kind of odd. It, they're pretty late to release that. That seemed like something you would maybe release out. It's not like uh, you're killing a guy because it's going to have to come out sometime. You, right. You're, uh, you're you're remembering Tony D'Angelo last week, and you're thinking disciplinary reasons. You're yep. You're, yep. You're, yeah, you're thinking right. something. Yeah. Maybe a little more severe than overslept for a practice, and you couldn't release that.
1: Yeah. If he was sleepy and uh, <laughs> if he was a little sleepy, you got to give a guy a break, I guess, every once in a while. But if, if that's the non-negotiable is, is don't be sleepy and mispractice, then then uh, message message learned, message accepted. So you, you'd think that yeah. a guy who got you to the uh, Stanley Cup finals and you paid him a bit, you'd, you'd uh, tell him just to get a new alarm or something. But I mean, good for them for holding everybody accountable equally. Hmm.
0: Now, were you able to catch the the offsides review in the Jackets Hurricanes game last night?
1: I didn't see it. I saw it on uh, on our notes that uh, that you put together, and mm-hmm. I went back and I watched it, and it is incredibly confusing like they just needed to commit one way or the other fully one way or fully the other and once you've already made the mistake and committed to the mistake I feel like you got to commit to the mistake so
0: yeah yeah to give some context they had a a play where the Carolina scores but uh, it looked like Trocek was offsides they reviewed the call and said that the goal was good despite him looking pretty offsides uh, not, <laughs> very, just, not, very not just not just a questionable yeah. this isn't like a skate over the line this is pretty you know obvious offsides and uh but the goal the referees excuse me said that the, it was a goal um and then at the so the, it ends up that the blue jackets get a penalty for reviewing it even though the goal uh happened despite the 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 bad review so you get Shorthanded they go to the period still with some time on the kill left, and they the league determines that they uh, ruled an error, so they leave <laughs> the goal on the board, but they kill the rest of the penalty, yeah because it, they made the mistake
1: i don't I really don't understand that at all if if they were going to go ahead and admit the error, then I think you fully admit the error. I think that you come out of the the period and you add all that time back on and then you have what 23 minutes or something like that for the second period yeah. um right. and you just replay that entire time um, as opposed to just canceling a penalty or you just do it like you've always done it in the past and you just eat a little crow say I missed the call and then you make them at least one if not two makeup calls immediately in the next period anything that's even remotely questionable the refs just call that and give the opposition uh, a chance to get back on the power play and make it up on their own with their own skill
0: right Colin and Campbell uh, you know one of the league representatives was saying that, uh, you know, we made the mistake, but there's no precedent to take the goal back off the board and go there. But, you know, there's also no precedent to just canceling a penalty in the middle of a penalty. The, you know, the whole reason you do the, the reviews is to get the call right. So you got to right. make good on it. You're, you're adding a minute back onto the game and yeah. um, you make the right call. Uh, but the whole situation happened, I guess, because they have a <laughs> off-ice official in training. Noob. The, yeah, but somehow their audio got tied into the referees, and they said, oh, that's a good goal, that's a good goal. And that was all the referees heard, and they announced the, the erroneous call. So uh, uh, just a really weird situation that it seems like the NHL could have handled a little better.
1: Yeah, they, one way or the other, I just, I don't, I think you, I saw a video of Tortorella talking to uh, one of the refs, and I don't see why the ref canceled the, the, it makes no sense. Like you said, Mm -hmm. is this now, (laughs) is this now what they do, right? Like I saw on TSN, they said that the NHL admits to making a mistake, but what are you going to do moving forward? And I just want to go back one quick second because it sounded like you said Colin Campbell instead of Colin Campbell. (laughs) I just want to make sure that that either I heard you wrong or I wanted to make sure that you stopped calling him Colin Campbell. I I think that's his name. Colin? it's not Colin, it's Colin.
0: Yeah, it's a Canadian. It's a Canadian.
1: <laughs> I I I'm pretty sure we're not talking about Sphincter Campbell
0: here, but yeah, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna his kid his kid played in the league. He works for the league office. Colin Campbell.
1: Is he number two? Is Colin uh, Campbell? I don't remember his number. <laughs> you remember? I'm gonna go ahead and say that if it's Colin Campbell, that it's definitely number two. <laughs> and if not, if it's Colin, then he can have whatever number he wants. But if it's Colin, it's gotta be number two. So.
0: Right. Well, Colin is very concerned about uh, <laughs> the spread of COVID in the league right now the you know the the nwhl had their uh league final canceled the the bubble uh just wasn't handled well enough and they they had to uh get out of there
1: yeah and it's it's a shame because again that was we talked about it on our last show that they were hoping to showcase their product and it was a Mm -hmm. really really great opportunity and it was just bonehead handled and um and i hope that they're able to to still do that at some point um maybe a couple months from now they can they can hit the reset button or they can honor all the stats that were that were going into it and and try uh try to do it all over again because i really i i really really want that to work out i think that it's very important i think that representation across the game is uh is important, and I'm not just saying that as the daughter, as the as the dad of two daughters. Uh, I'm just saying that across the board. I think that uh, people don't see themselves doing things that they don't see other people like them doing. So it's it's very very important.
0: Yeah, you know, if you can see it, you can be it. So yep. Uh... yep. Uh, but you know, more important than anything, the, the product was entertaining. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, but, but it was exciting and, uh, good hockey. And, um, I would be interested in watching it in the future and, um, we really hope they're able to give it another go. Agreed. Um, also in the league, there's been a couple of teams that have had some major team spikes in COVID cases with Buffalo, New Jersey, and Minnesota. Uh, They also have Colorado out right now, but uh, those teams really have a bunch of cases that seem to still not be under control. Um, Buffalo had a couple players come with positive tests still today, and it kind of stems back um, to their series with New Jersey.
1: Yeah. They're, they're not figuring this out and it, it they're new jersey so buffalo's upset because they played the second game right and uh, and more pil- uh, players came back positive and mm-hmm. this was this goes back uh, an episode or two that we when we were talking about the the taxi coaching squad for vegas coming in and that's this is exactly what i was worried about with that i think it's i think it's once you've had a couple positive tests, I think that you have to assume that everyone else is positive until you get tests back saying otherwise. I think that it's irresponsible to do otherwise. And we're seeing that play out. It worked out for the Blues um, because nobody came back um, positive from that. But, mm. um, but we're seeing that exact worst case scenario play out for, uh, for Buffalo
0: yeah they they had players test positive today which is a full week after that game uh they've had a couple players so the the big thing is that um it it seems like there is on ice transmission that's kind of the the big thing that that correlates with the the situation going on in minnesota as well Uh, you know minnesota they have 11 players on the covid list with two more added today they canceled the game coming up against the blues um and they had the game against colorado where both teams ended up having people test positive for covid um you know linesmen are testing positive from that sabers devil series um so just the the way that the COVID is spreading um, is something that they don't seem to have under control. So it's not just you know irresponsible meetings in your right, you know your hotel room or, or whatever. Yep. It's it's happening probably on the ice as well. So uh, the NHL is starting to make some maneuvers to kind of get a better handle on this uh, much like you know baseball had to do the nba has had to do the nfl has had to do yep, yep. Um, so they're going to start uh testing with the mayo clinic to determine transmission um and they'll see uh how the covid's being transferred if if it's from on ice so you can see if a guy from the Blue Jackets got it from, you know, the, the Carolina or, you know, whoever. Um, so it'll kind of get them a better feel for how it's happening. Uh, they also did four new preventative measures as well. They removed the glass behind the benches to allow for more airflow. Um, it also reduces the proximity of players and coaches. Yep. Um, you know, in Buffalo, they had uh, the coach got uh, his name slipping my mind there but uh um he, he kruger he is yep. a you know over 60 uh was really concerned about you know coming back and then sure. gets it because because you're on the bench so it'll kind of leave more proximity between the players and the coaches uh they're limiting their time at the arena so the earliest that they can get there is just a little less than two hours before puck drop yep um they, they have to have greater physical distancing in the locker rooms, um, and they are mandating that teams um, create larger locker rooms in separate areas if they're not able to, to provide the right amount of space. Yep. And then um, they're creating industry standards for air filtration and air cleaning, so... Um, you know they really are feeling the hurt from this. They had seven yeah. game cancellations announced today, um, and they're really trying to get a handle on it. And
1: yeah, and that and that's the thing because I think the NHL sees this this season going the way of the the W uh, NHL, and they're mm-hmm. and they're worried about it because the volume of games that are getting postponed. And how tight the schedule already is, again, we talked about it in, in an earlier episode, is this, what are they going to do? Are they going to extend the regular season? Are they going to go to winning percentage? Are they, are they going to look at uh, uh, row for, for guidance on who's going to make it into the postseason or not? And I got to mm-hmm. say that it pisses me off a little bit because these other teams are getting... A a bit of a chance at a midseason, not all the players, but they're getting a chance at a midseason training camp. And meanwhile, yeah. the Blues um, are just constantly playing Phoenix. And the Blues right now, with how this series is going, with how this <clears throat> with how this pre postseason <laughs> series is is going, it's not doing any favors for percentages. It's not doing any favors for our, our row. It's not doing any favors for us in the win column. So we would have been better suited potentially to be sitting at Scott Trade Center, players at their houses, practicing our, our special teams and uh, and getting some time for, for Bozak to recover. And you know, Tom if we don't play these makeup games, Thomas doesn't break his thumb. We're we're looking at at being at a disadvantage by taking care of our shit and and it's really unfortunate,
0: yeah, but McKinnon's sure loving this time to to get yeah. healthy, that's for yeah. sure, but uh, yeah. you, you know at some point you just have to win the games though because if you you win the games that you do play, uh you would have a less intense end of the season and you know maybe have a favorable end where they're gonna have to squeeze in a hundred games, so um, I
1: agree, but if everybody else
0: has to win. Has that opportunity to recover
1: and and field a better team, or ice a better team, or or practice their special teams, um, or study their opponents, or whatever it might be, right? Then I would say that that is a complete and total advantage um, in, in this case, in this bubble, well not bubble style hockey, but in this shortened season and and um, this COVID era of hockey that we're playing here in twenty twenty one.
0: guess or your taylor hall and you're just pissed you got it from playing the game (laughs) where you had no control over it right yeah yeah and you get it so um, and i'm not saying
1: that it's being celebrated that anybody's like yeah "Yeah, i i got covid and they're and they're walking down like ralph wiggum like you (laughs) you failed english and in history i won i won (laughs) like no no, ralph (laughs) me fail english that's impossible but it's it's it you can't help but see there are at least uh, there is at least a benefit or two to be had um for the collective of the team
0: yep now the blues are only one of five teams to not have had anybody on the covid list the the flames maple leafs canadians and senators are also um never had any cases on the covid list so uh, Blues blues the only us team there and oh, uh yep uh now, the NHL is only doing the PCR testing. Uh, it's the most accurate testing, but it does have a little bit of test lag. So uh, they ship the tests away. They don't come back until the next day. So it can create a situation where you know you have a game where somebody is positive that plays in the game just because they haven't had the, the testing re- returns back. So yep. uh, they're also looking at the POC rapid testing um starting to happen with some teams the the big problem there is just that there's a limited availability both on yeah. the tests and on the uh, machines to analyze the tests and it's not as accurate so you know you can see a guy that tests inconclusive i think you know if you look at basketball they had kevin duran out the other day just kind of for something like that so yeah uh yeah
1: I think that what it's going to end up being is either on the low or publicly, the NHL is just going to have to buy a bunch of the if they truly are serious about salvaging the the season, then they're going to have to look at just buying a bunch of vaccinations and and roll that out at the same time that they're getting extremely to the nth degree serious uh, with their with how they're trying to to stave off everybody getting infected and and these mass cancel uh uh, cancellations and that and um and then that's how they're really going to have to end up going because even if a guy's not positive but he's quarantined um you know he could get three days later uh they could play another team that's in this exact same situation and and let's be honest um if if Colorado or New Jersey or Buffalo or Minnesota end up coming up in this situation again, and they've got to postpone another five more games in a 54 game season. You're looking at 10 of your games being postponed. Um, You know, 20% of your 20% of your seasons not played. I mean, that's, that's, that's not a recipe for success and they've got to try and figure something out quick. And, and um, like yesterday. So
0: well, I think the the most notable thing that they will not do is extend this season beyond their point. Um, you know, they just, they can't do it. They've already written off this season and yep. they won't do anything to mess up the free agency, the draft, the stuff to go into next year to have just a normal next season. So I think that they're just going to kind of roll with it the best way that they can and, Um, you know, teams might get the short end of the stick, but this is all kind of leading towards next year to make it be as normal as possible. And agreed. Yep. You know, as for the vaccines, I, you know, I think that's going to come down the pipe here pretty soon for hopefully for everybody, but certainly for these leagues to uh, take advantage of. So they really are, you know, doing these steps to kind of get to that point and hopefully it's just a month or two away and, you know, you get, get to the end of the season you can make up those games and get to a somewhat normal stanley cup run
1: Here's so hoping, man yeah i uh i it's 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 starting to fall apart um i don't um you know i'm not driving the panic bus i still see plenty of blues hockey being played against the arizona coyotes but uh, <laughs> i i i do think that that league-wide they're uh they're starting to get the tight cheeks
0: the richard panic button
1: the uh, uh is he still in chicago they played they had the panic button as soon as taves went down i think yeah. <laughs> well played sir the at the disc the at the disco button the Muller, yeah.
0: uh, uh, well, are, are the are the blues hitting the panic button after this week of games against arizona at uh four games and three points so not certainly not ideal
1: we're making arizona look like they're they're the real deal that's for damn sure uh i don't think we're we're pressing the panic button but there are many facets of our game that are are not complete on a nightly basis Mm -hmm. and we saw that and we've seen that multiple times
0: yeah so the blues started the series on tuesday uh they had arizona of course uh and got got a got a four to three win um they had a bit of a slow start in that game they were down like 11 to three in shots after the first 10 minutes it kind of um at that time was a bit unknowing but it seemed to be a trend in the series yeah
1: yep yeah it's they it's hard to sit there and see whenever you're not putting pucks on net. I, I don't think there's any other rubric that you can really look at to say there's no way you're going to win uh, if you're not putting pucks on net. And and they did it again tonight. You know, it was 10 minutes in before they had any shots. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Benning, Bennington continued to play well, uh, kind of all throughout each of the games but uh, that played well in the Tuesday game. He had a really big save on Kajula. Uh, he broke in, had the the sh- save, and then it bounced off the boards, and he was able to sneak back and get the post, uh, make the save there, and uh, really robbed Kessel on a one-timer in the slot with the glove. So uh, played really strong in that game. We also got to see some of uh, the Mike Hoffman.
1: Yeah, he's he started to look more at home and, and you knew that there was going to be kind of a feeling out period with, uh, with him coming in and, uh, and all the new players, uh, uh, with, with the power play and everything like that. He looked so excellent on a line with Perron Hoffman and O'Reilly. And I, we, they just got to commit to that and, and let them get out there and play their game and, and find out and find each other because, um, I, I know that they want to put Sanford someplace where he can be productive. Uh, a little bit of Sanford hate again. Uh, but, uh, but Hoffman where is— Where
0: do you want to put Sanford? But, and
1: Sanford. that's the thing. And I, It was the third period with like 13 minutes uh, left in the third period before I remember hearing his name tonight. Um, so I think you gotta just commit to Hoffman, Peron and and O'Reilly and and go from there and build every other line around whoever else, but let those guys feel each other out and uh, and and start playing some excellent hockey and build from that line.
0: Yeah, there was a Faldini siding on that, that first goal <laughs> from Hoffman though when that defenseman eee. played the Faldini, tripped, tripped on the blue line, he kinda came in and, and just Snipe, just <laughs> rip that wrister. That was Tarasenko like that. That was just kind of what I thought when when he ripped that goal. Just the power, how he just snapped it, and it it just was in. He had no chance.
1: And, and the placement of it was absolutely perfect. I mean, it was top shelf, and and there's no way that any goaltender is is gonna stop that puck and yeah. and if he keeps firing it on like that man it's gonna look strong and you said like you said it was very Tarasenko esque and I'm starting to wonder about that guy but
0: well it, he, he'd be nice to add some scoring that's for sure so uh they they uh, aren't letting him shoot yet from from what I hear he can kind of yeah uh, play around with the puck and puck handle now and they're really wanting to make sure that he's 100 percent but uh, kind of other goal of note in that game was that Falk little dangle through <laughs> through the middle does that little little tuck where it just chips it right over the goalie stick right through the five hole it was a pretty amazing play
1: it was silky and and i know that that people look at that and they say okay yeah he's an nhl player and he's able to pop it over that that goalie stick but that that window at that speed mm-hmm. in that close range with people on your back chasing you down, the ability to do that is... I don't even think I could do that by accident if you gave me a hundred times. So it's its huge amounts of... And that's not saying anything because I suck. Ooh. But, <laughs> but uh, that amount of skill and that amount of talent, man, he's just... He's getting more and more confidence. He's sticking up for his teammates, like we we said last week. Whenever he's fighting uh, Stone, and mm-hmm. and he's going out there rocking his Borat mustache and, and just <laughs> and just playing really solid hockey. Great success. Great great success on the Deke. You will never get puck. You will never get puck. La 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 la. <laughs>
0: Now they do manage to hold off the coyotes for the rest of that game uh they yeah. They had a lot of chances with the goalie pulled and uh, uh were, were able to to hold them off, get the win uh, so you roll into that next game, thinking good thoughts and uh then you had to watch those ugly reverse retro sweaters uh, yeah not maybe you can just retire them. you think they lost the first one, so clearly they're they're not working. You got to not win they, them again.
1: they looked. I so I was holding out hope that whenever they got on the ice, that they would look better and in game they would look better. And when I started off watching them, uh, the game, I thought it's not bad. And by about five minutes into the game, I thought this is insufferable. They look absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were, they were no good. And, and the game that was played wearing those ridiculous jerseys, um, they just played like trash man. It, it was whenever you and I were texting about it, it was I feel like that's what every team in the 90s that had to play against the the trap style uh, New Jersey Devils um, looked like and that's what the opposition team felt like whenever they were watching a game like that. But the Blues just mm. they, they couldn't connect on passes. They, they looked sloppy in all areas and just disinterested in, in the game altogether. Until the last, until the last, what, uh, you know, three minutes.
0: Yeah, I turned it off for the last bit of the game, but you know they were outshot eleven to two in the first ten minutes and uh you know Bennington played really well he had a, it it certainly could have been worse than four he made a few amazing Hoshik like saves where he was floundering around and made some crazy plays but uh you know Pareko didn't look great in that game I don't know what you thought but he was a minus two um he kind of stumbled around the ice on a few plays and um only played 18 minutes I know that uh they had a couple guys out with the flu you wonder maybe if it extended to him but um you know he's he's a guy playing 22 minutes a night and uh is really uh set to be like a lockdown defenseman and he, he certainly hadn't been that the past game or two
1: and he also hadn't he sat out a handful of practices before um they they called them maintenance days or whatever uh, yep. earlier on in the year so you you worry that there's that there's something more to to Pareko's um, maintenance days and, and uh, decreased ice time in, in at least that one game, right? But uh, mm-hmm. but let just a minute, man. Bennington is giving the Blues a chance every single night. Whenever so many facets of Blues hockey right now don't look like Blues hockey an area of blues hockey that has historically been a question mark is just locked down. Bennington has that net and he is taking care of everything that he, he, he's saving everything that he should plus 50% of the things that he has no business saving. So he's Mm -hmm. got, he's got that lockdown and he's playing a great game and and we just got to start putting some pucks in the net and playing blues hockey in front of him.
0: Yeah, they, they've, really been unable to get the puck out of their zone and it's kind of leaving them to do too much work uh they they've been really scrambling up the lines a lot too and haven't seemed to come up with a a whole lot of success they're they're just struggling to to create offense uh you know something that they did differently in this most recent game was they kind of really focused more on getting shots and you know if you think back to like the hitchcock era that was kind of their the big deal to get shots and it wasn't as much because they they were going to score on all those opportunities but but it was as much that they were able to keep the puck in the zone they really retrieve the shots well and were able to possess it in the zone and i think that they play better uh, hockey when when they focus on getting shots, um, regardless of the maybe the quality of the shots, just because it creates more offensive time and the ability for you to to get better shots in the future. And traffic in front of the
1: net too. And I I haven't seen a lot of that with a lot of different lines. Um, people willing to go to the net and and pay that price. It seems like a lot of the the shots are coming from either on the peripherals. Or we have, we have guys trying to, to feather a, you know, a backhand saucer right in the middle of traffic and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and just kind of that hopeful pass. And then whenever it gets broken up, then it comes the other way. It doesn't always lead to a scoring chance, but it's definitely no longer time in the, in the offensive zone.
0: Yep. So the Blues play again on February the 6th, and they lose 3-1 to again to Arizona uh they the blues had a funky lineup going into that yeah. game with only 11 forwards and seven defensemen um and it kind of bites him in the butt a bit when uh robert thomas although he gets the early goal he he falls funny on his hand and has a broken thumb um sounds like he's going to be out four to six weeks with that
1: yeah the the eleven forwards and seven defensemen mix up is is not ideal under normal circumstances because you're taking mm-hmm. one of your elite forwards and and you're you're dogging them and uh, and then whenever you end up doing it to you know I I saw uh, was it Wallman that was playing some some left wing uh, on a couple yeah they're shifts. putting him
0: on the wing there yeah
1: yeah um, so you've You've got a full taxi squad. You've got all these guys. There's no reason to get cute with your lineup and then get cute within your lineup. You know, I really think just setting lines and saying these are the guys you are going to play with. Find some chemistry. There's already been so much uh, shakeup, natural shakeup within our Blues lineup that to, to add degrees of this every single night, it's it's just confusing. It's it's no good. I know that uh, again. Whenever we were playing rec league hockey. I played—all those years that we played, I played with, like, three or four defensive partners. I started off playing with my brother, then I played with Dan Barden, and then I played with Lambert, and and that was it. Like, those were <laughs> over a decade, and, and I know that whenever I was playing with, with Lambert— um, I could I could get caught up because he's way better than me. <laughs> whenever I was playing <laughs> with, Mar- with Mark, I knew that we both needed to be back a little bit more because neither one of us could skate. And whenever <laughs> whenever I was playing with, Dan- with Daniel, I knew that uh, his hair was way better than mine was ever going to be in my entire life. Um, and and that he was going to say four words an entire session uh, and usually it was going to be don't, barnhart don't get caught up
0: <laughs> don't <laughs> but, get caught uh, up <laughs> yeah
1: yeah right um but yeah like the the familiarity and i know these guys are professionals and they've played with other other line mates all the time but whenever so much stuff is is inconsistent you have to find consistency and line mates is an easy way to find consistency mm mm-hmm.
0: mhm well, not only the consistency there, they just they well, they really struggled in that game. They didn't get any chances, and I think they had twelve shots through two periods. So um, it it just it went yeah. in with the weird situation. Um, you know, I I really wonder if the flu kind of was going through the team there. Um, it would kind of yeah. explain the the funky lineup um having guys out having pareco, uh, yeah not yeah. not looking so well so um you know certainly no reporting here just overt <laughs> speculation so. right
1: right yeah <laughs> just just complete total speculation <laughs> and conjecture <laughs> overruled i don't know
0: i felt like saying it so <laughs> we are not media members that's for sure so okay. no press pass yet <laughs> Uh, so the Blues played tonight, um, and then fall in shootouts to Arizona, uh, four to three. Uh, what did you think of the game tonight? Man, I don't. I <laughs> I think that
1: embellishment penalties <laughs> and um, and the actual penalty itself being called is trash. I think it's stupid, and I think it cost us a game. and And I think that O'Reilly played an excellent game uh Mm -hmm. Bortuzzo uh, was back I think Bortuzzo being back in the lineup is absolutely huge because now we can actually like I was talking about with consistency with line uh lineups and and deep pairings like you can get that now I think and um and I think that's going to be very important but uh but again held shotless and um uh, for the first ten minutes, again, and it's 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 perplexing. And whenever you don't at least engage in the game for the first ten minutes, you know the the other team is at least going to to feel like they're dominating the play if they're not actually dominating the play.
0: Yeah, no. A thing that I think is a theme with the Blues over the past three or four years is just really struggling to seal off these games. They, they're unable to get empty net goals and, uh, seem like they give up, uh, the goal, you know, with the goalie pulled more yep. often than, than they seem to get it. That's for sure. And, you know, probably on a, uh, you just get the home review or you remember all the times when it happens, but, um, it, it seemed like, they they struggled with it in that first game of the series and then uh you know it comes back to bite them with you know a second or less than a second left in the game when they they give up the goal to take it to overtime
1: yeah it's it's very frustrating it is definitely a theme and if you want to say that whenever we're talking about more themes the blues first game of this series however you know however long into february it's going to last <laughs> uh the blues first game in this series was strong and everything else since has has been has been weak so i'm just curious whenever we start playing teams that we've played uh in series before how those first games are going to go whenever we actually do get a chance to line up again against colorado in Vegas, um, and Vegas uh, and in San Jose, what are those in uh, L.A.? What are those games really going to look like? Because as of right now, it just looks like um, we're going to keep uh, we're just going to keep playing that first game well and, and, and just trash
0: otherwise. Yep. So I, what what have you thought of playing these extended series? you know, it, it really it seemed like it's up the energy on the ice and. That, uh, that they, you know, there's been fights. There's not high fights in hockey games anymore. There's been, um, you know, retaliation penalties and embellishment penalties. Just, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> stuff that I guess you don't see playing one game against Phoenix, right? it's uh, yep. it, it seemed like it's up to animosity a little.
1: Yeah, I, I hate it. Uh, to be to be to to cut the foreplay and just come right to it, man. I hate it. I think that it's when I have always waited to see this kind of hockey has been in the postseason. I like having different, um, different opposition every time that we play. I do like the occasional home and home series, um, which is why I haven't minded the first the 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 back to backs. Uh, against the same team, but this whole just never-ending thing where we're just playing the same the same teams, and this isn't happening anywhere else in the league. Am I correct? This is only happening with St. Louis and and Phoenix. Yeah. Uh,
0: no, I think that uh, it it's happening. Canada has been scheduled this way for a couple of series. You know, I know the Blues had four games in a row against the Wild scheduled, and that'll probably get changed. And um, there's quite a few teams that have had at least four games in a row against each other. And uh, I I, I'm surprised you say that because I think it's been um, exciting, and I think that you know if they would have won these games, it would have been a little more um, enticing. (laughs) But but you know this is this is just uh, the you watch the games in the North and they just have so much more intensity than, you know, the rest of the games that I've seen. So um, this this is kind of up the ante to that level, I think, playing Arizona all these, these games in a row. And, you know, it looks like we could potentially play them up to like seven games in a row. They're thinking about <laughs> adding another game to the, you know, series against Arizona. So, I mean, you're going to have to play them all these games Anyway, you, you get them out of the way you'll probably have to play colorado in a four game series and vegas now, in yeah. a four game series and yeah. minnesota in a four game series um multiple times potentially yeah. so yeah uh it, it this is kind of the the way things are going to happen and i think that it'll you know everybody in the league will have it like this um but it's it's uh it's added a little extra grit to it and i think that that's something that the the league could use to get the mind off all the COVID issues maybe to um, and i think that players are enjoying this too in general um i've read a f- couple of articles that they like not only the the travel um aspects but you, you know you kind of get a little more juice going into these games so it, it'll really be interesting to see how the schedule gets juggled to make up for those missed games i'm I'm
1: curious about that too, and I hadn't even thought about those implications of it that they're that that it's not gonna probably be just a a one game right mm-hmm. like they're right they're probably not gonna just have a random Vegas game that just happens in the middle it's gonna be added on to an already existing, uh, one. So the blue schedule is, is out the window, I think really, uh, with everything that's going on in the West right now. So I didn't even think about the the long-term implications for the rest of the schedule. I was just looking, uh, you know, from, from Monday to, to Wednesday and, and beyond that, but yep. yeah, it's, I get it, man. And and I agree that the, the caliber of high, that the, the tenacity is a lot better than maybe what they're seeing up North where it's just pond hockey and, and rec centered type, uh, type hockey, no defense, right. All-star game style hockey. And in <laughs> our games, there are hits for sure. There are meaningful games being played. There's people throwing fists and saying you can, and you can't there's, there's cross checking there's get out of front of the net, that kind of stuff. But, um, mm-hmm. And I enjoy that, but I just—I don't know, man. I always—I uh, guess it's my ADD kicking in, and uh, and I like to change things up. I like things to be a little bit different here and there. But uh, but yeah, I think you're right that this is how this is how 2021 hockey is going to be played all the way through the postseason. So I better get used mm-hmm. to it, huh?
0: You better get used to it.
1: <laughs> you better. <laughs>
0: Moving on to something else you don't know, we're going to talk about fantasy hey, hockey here for a little bit. Hey, uh, hey, hey. <laughs>
1: Just because I lost last week to Mike D, uh I was up and and I ended up going down 3-8 and 3 or something like that, but uh but no. no fear, no fear. I got some I got some some secret weapons uh this week. Uh, actually, a secret weapon as a player to favor and um my go-to guy right now is uh, uh out of Columbus. Um, he's played in only six games, and he's got six points already. He's got one goal and five helpers. He's a plus two with only seven shots on. Uh, mm-hmm. he's, pl- he's out there with Line A. They decided to, to keep that, that Winnipeg connection together, and, uh, and he's getting time and he's uh he's he's making the most of it so uh he's somebody who I even picked up on my own team and uh and I think that he's going to be somebody who's going to continue to to play that play that well he's going to get time with uh with uh, Patrick Liney who's got something to prove and and he's angry and he's going to go out there and just start pumping him in the back of the net so i'm uh, i'm looking forward to kind of riding his coattails in Columbus and and getting some points from him
0: yeah, he, he got a goal tonight, I believe, and hey. uh, uh you know, in the daily fantasy he he was a guy I was targeting as well. He had a hasn't played a lot of games, had a low uh cost. Um so he, he really worked well into some lineups and um so so who are you looking to bet against this week?
1: Yeah, the, the players to the fade are are guys who are making huge dollars and haven't done a damn thing. And I've got guys to avoid at all costs. And one of them is not going to be a surprise is Jeff Skinner. (laughs) Um, Dude's got one, one assist. Uh, He's even right now on a, on a Buffalo team. So I guess he can at least say that, but uh, he's got 27 shots. He hasn't done boo on the power play and um, he's just, He's on the hook. Buffalo's on the hook for another six years at nine million for that guy. I know that's not fantasy related, but dear lord, that the is big cap hit. <laughs> yeah. And even if he doesn't have a no trade clause That contract is absolutely a no trade clause, but he does have, he's got a no (laughs) move, he's got a no movement clause. I just looked it up. So he doesn't even have a no trade clause. He's got a no movement clause. So he's going to have to be protected. Um, He can't, they can't try to entice Seattle to please God take him. it's they're in trouble. But the other two guys that I have are in that same category of veteran guys who were really good and they're definitely overpaid for their point production. And it's PK Subban. He's got three assists. He's a minus five, uh, only one power play point and in 27 shots. Um, he's got one more year at 9 million. Uh, and then there's Carlson, uh, Eric Carlson. He's got three assists. Negative six, one power play shot and only fi- or one power play point and only fifteen shots. Mm-hmm. That is going to go. That's going to be the worst contract. People are going to study that contract. GMs are going to labor over that contract and say this is possibly the 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 very last contract that was ever given in the NHL for past production and and from here forward anybody who's on the getting close to 30 or on the wrong side of 30 they're not they're going to get brief contracts for for fractions of money by the way six years 11.5 per
0: i think there's always going to be plenty of bad gms in the nhl that make stupid contracts like that one but um yeah teams i'm betting against in daily fantasy are um i'm really targeting some teams to bet against so i'm targeting ottawa uh vancouver and edmonton uh just all three of those teams are really struggling defensively uh they they are the top three teams in goals allowed um by a wide margin (laughs) (laughs) and Ottawa is like 62 goals allowed. Vancouver and Edmonton are in the 50s. And uh, the rest of the league has like a 42, I want to say, is the highest. So they're really letting in a lot of goals and uh, stack up some lineups against them. Um, So, you know, you got uh, looking at Toronto, they're a bunch of, you know, marner and matthews has goals in eight straight games and so really stack them up against those teams and uh take advantage uh, of uh uh, those struggling defenses there and then also look at the vegas line um see you know what people think how many goals are going to be scored in those games so uh try to stack against teams that are you know in a game that's going to give up seven goals instead of a game that's going to give up three <laughs> or four goals yeah, um, yeah you know you're just more likely to get an assist or shots or you know you're playing against teams with uh um some struggling defenses so that that's kind of how i've been doing it and uh, uh had some good lineups lately
1: yeah anybody against like you said ottawa matt murray would uh, would let in a a beach ball um, <laughs> from from the blue line right now? So that's uh, they, that's a good that's a good way to bet, man.
0: Coming into this week, they had a, a save percentage of eight forty nine, which is out, outrageous for an NHL team.
1: <laughs> wow! And that and is Murray getting most of the starts, or do they have a backup that's doing anything? It's it's been a lot of Murray, yeah. And they've got they're hitched to him for another four years. They with a trade wasn't it a trade and sign mm-hmm. um, with Murray? I think he's on the Otto was on the hook for him for another another handful of years. At uh, for a lot, at, I want to say at like
0: five, like six.
1: Yeah, oh, oh, it's it's stinky. Uh, no, you're right. It's six to five for the next <laughs> three years beyond this year. So mm-hmm. he he got traded there and signed an extension for 625 per year and he's putting up these hot garbage uh numbers. Sorry, that's our next section. <laughs> our, our next thing.
0: Well, his play has certainly been stinky, but uh that's not all that's been stinky. It's now time for our hot garbage segment.
1: Ew, what's that smell?
0: It's this week's
1: installment of Hot, 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 Hot Garbage.
0: So, Eric, uh, I think I'm going to take the, the first part of the segment here, kind of keep it hockey-related, and and really say that the Blues special teams uh, have been hot garbage. Uh, they're really struggling on both the penalty kill and the power play. Uh, but, yep. you know, the penalty kill, they gave up two, two – um, two power play goals today yep. Uh, yep. uh really cost them the game they keep taking stupid penalties to put them on the, the the penalty kill and uh you know you think uh the your your boy when he took the cross check in the back after he got smoked on that big hit <laughs> yeah um um so you know he, he really a dumb play you, you talked about the the embellishment call uh, yep. So they really are just uh, kind of making lazy plays, or or even getting the retaliatory plays uh, where they're taking these penalty. You know, I think Perron has four over these past four games has four uh, penalties in the offensive zone, kind of yeah. getting back to those bad habits. And yep. um, they they're really struggling to 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 keep them from scoring on the power play. And um, for a team that can't score. Um, it's, yep. it's not a good combination. And then uh, they're running a 9% on their power play, which is just atrocious. Oh. They're 28th in the league. Um, you know, they, they talk about these big pickups that they had in Krug and, yep. and Hoffman. And uh, they have four power play goals on the year through 14 games now, 13, 14 games. So uh, it's just not. Not working right they're not getting shots from uh high danger chances and um they they really need to get it together because it has been hot garbage and and they're negating
1: their own power plays probably at about a 25 percent rate i i don't have anything to any hard numbers to back that up but it seems like whenever the blues go on the power play you're only you're just waiting for for somebody to take a a a numbskull penalty. Yeah. Um, It's happened
0: multiple times, right?
1: (laughs) Dunn or Perron or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, somebody's stick gets away from him. Maybe, maybe Schwartz or Shen or somebody like that, but Dunn or Perron seem to be the guys who are just, you know, uh, um, negating, uh, power plays at a, at record pace. So it's not to mention
0: taking many five on threes. And I think for each five on three, they've given up a goal on it. So, um, it's, it's, uh, not, not been good play on the special teams. Hot garbage. Hot yeah. garbage.
1: Yeah. Hence the, hence them being, uh, your, your choice. And man, mine is going to, I think for the first time be, uh, be unrelated to hockey. And I'm going to go with, um, uh, just overall Facebook marketplace. I don't know how how much you use this, but with with our our kids grown and our family not growing anymore, we've got a basement full of of toys and and things that, you know, clothes and stuff that we're not going to ever use again. And so we're randomly going downstairs trying to clean things out and and, you know, have toys move on to their next home or whatever. And um and you can put as much information as you want in a Facebook marketplace ad and you can make it as reasonably priced as possible <laughs> and still I'm thinking so I uh, I'm thinking specifically of like three bags of those uh, duplo type Legos um, and and I said you know uh, five bucks for a bag I got them on on Amazon for like 25 bucks a bag or whatever and um, and I said, you know, just, uh, it's porch pickup, uh, I'm out in St. Charles and I say all these different specifics about it. And still inevitably I get the, the 2am Facebook marketplace message that says, is this still available? And, and I check it earlier in the morning. I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, I, I left it on there. It says in the ad, if it's up, it's still available. And then they want to be like, I'll give you, I'll give you $3 for all three of them. I'm like what the... <laughs> What the hell, man? Like, i mean, It's five bucks, and it's uh, like just, just say yes or say no. It's 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 very simple, and um and it's the 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 fact that everybody thinks that they're Frank and Mike from American Pickers on Facebook Marketplace is just uh, has it nominated today. Is my very front of mind hot garbage. So
0: you're not a haggler. You're saying. I mean, I, you
1: know, I'll, I'll haggle, but I'm not going to haggle over $5 Duplo bag y- <laughs> blocks, man. I I think at some point the price has to be the price. <laughs> How about $10? <laughs> How about
0: 350
1: <350? laughs> Hey, that is not my hot garbage. <laughs> that is my... That is my cool choice, man. Speaking of cold, man, real quick, the hot garbage could have been how damn cold it is right now. I am sitting in my house, <laughs> and I am wearing a hoodie. Uh, I am wearing uh, some soft pants and some very serious socks, and I am not warm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it. My phone kept chiming with uh, alerts that it was starting to flurry again. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been quite cold. Maybe a sc- uh, snow day tomorrow. Maybe. <laughs> still
1: work from home? Uh, no. Middle school is uh, is a... Uh, we're actually still having snow days. Elementary and middle school have snow days in the district that I work in. And then uh, high school will have all virtual. And I'm sure that this is the death rattle of, of snow days, though, too. I, I imagine that we'll have a... A virtual schedule for uh for snow days so I'm, I'm trying to trying to soak it all in this this very last year for the the middle school snow days yep
0: well uh thank you to all of our listeners for joining us this week uh uh we want to say thanks to producer greg uh jeremy boyer for the music uh nicole for the hot garbage segment and phoebe bridgers <laughs>
1: I uh I'm going to give a quick shout out to our hopeful uh interview tomorrow uh Talman we're hoping to to do mm-hmm. a interview with him similar to to how we did an interview with Jeremy and uh and we hope to get that up still yet this week uh we got to finalize the time for tomorrow but uh, pretty excited about that so a quick shout out to him
0: since it happens on the 9th do we have to count out the the days one
1: I've, I've been try, yeah. I've been trying to figure out a way to incorporate that in. Like I really want him to do a uh, like a count in to the uh, to the podcast. You know how Jeremy did a did an intro or whatever. I would love for Talman to do like a, a wave in the towel and like, and we're gonna start recording in three, <laughs> two, one And then he could introduce us, man. I would absolutely love that. So, But we'll have to get loud, and my daughters will absolutely wake up. But I'll do the... uh... (laughs) I'll text Bridget just to wad up a towel and throw it at your face. While I'm doing this, she would love <laughs> yeah. that opportunity, especially <laughs> if I wake up my daughters so and then the the other shout out that I want to give out there is we've got we got a listener in France, man um oui. the we oui, yeah we oui, we oui have a listener in France, and I'm going to butcher the name of the city, uh, but it's uh Clichy ildale. Uh, Clichy, and, uh, and so I'm going to ask, I'm going to nickname our listener in France Clichy until uh, and hope that Clichy is listening to this right now and listens uh, or and reaches out to us on our socials that you were about to remind Clichy on.
0: Yeah, so if you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, tell a friend. We're always looking to grow and meet new people to talk blues hockey with. So, uh, Khalifi, please check out our socials on Facebook, Optional Skate Blues, and at Blues Skate on Twitter. And as always, let's go blues! Let's go blues!